Welcome to season 12 of Digital Learning Radio. I'm Laura and I'm joined by my co-host Catherine. Hello. And this season of the podcast, we're continuing the conversations of sharing what is inspiring us on our ongoing story of learning. And this week, we have a shared inspiration to bring to the conversation table. And I'm really looking forward to chatting further about this topic here on the podcast. Yay, I love our shared episodes when we can talk about mutual inspirations and today's conversation should be a good one. Agree. (laughs) But first, we've got to check back in with you. Laura, last week you shared with us Catlin Tucker's ebook, Understanding Teacher Engagement. And I know that you plan to share this with the coaches this week as your now what next steps. So were you able to share and how did it go? Okay, I think I did too well with my But last time, because this time I did not follow through in the Mm. way that I intended. So I did not end up sharing this with coaches this week. In the end, it just didn't quite fit with our really streamlined purpose and focus for the day. However, uh, Mm -hmm. I did end up sharing it with a colleague that works with mentoring new teachers, as well as someone who is to support classroom management with teachers. So I feel like those shares were still good. And so I did end up doing some sharing, but maybe in a different and maybe smaller context than I had planned. I do still intend to share and utilize this resource with a few groups of coaches, but sadly not in a one-week turnaround to report (laughs) back on the podcast. Well, some weeks are like that, and I'm sure you will get to... Sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get to share it someday soon. So no worries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep asking uh, because it's it's a great resource and I'm excited to share. I agree. I did download and start reading and I'm not quite finished with it yet, but it is definitely something that I'm enjoying and I appreciate that inspiration. Awesome. Uh, well, you can have the gold star for the now what uh, on my behalf <laughs> this week. So good, good job on you. <laughs> All right, so this week is a little bit different since we are sharing the conversation. So we're going to deviate a bit from our typical conversation structure. But Catherine, would you like to introduce today's topic and maybe tell us how it got on your radar to be an inspiration to begin with? Okay, sure. This week, we're sharing ideas from the book, Design Thinking for Training and Development, subtitled Creating Learning Journeys That Get Results. And this is by Sharon Bowler and Laura Fletcher. My work team now includes the instructional designers and I've been able to attend some of their online conferences. And this book was referenced multiple times in a recent webinar. So I was intrigued and downloaded a sample and then ended up reading the whole book. Um, the, Classic. <laughs> right. I've been, done that many times. But, <laughs> but the sample pages mentioned so many topics that interested me. I was completely hooked from the get-go. And then I was mm. collaborating with my teammate Misty on a project, and we were kind of all over the place with ideas, but this book offers quite a few templates. And so I said, let's get this out mm. and look at it. And then it really helped us clarify the problem that we were trying to solve. And then using that helped us get unstuck on the project. Well, I love that you discovered it, found inspiration because 
from there, you shared with our team, a larger team internally to do an internal book club. And so that was my introduction and intrigued uh, by the title. It has so many words that hit for me, design thinking for training and development. Sure, let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I'm really glad that you and some other teammates created and are currently facilitating this book club. It has sparked some interesting connection and ideas um, with teammates that I don't necessarily always work with as well. And so, yeah, that's, that's my introduction. Well, it's so fun when I'm excited about a book and the concepts to be able to share it with others and talk about it with Mm -hmm. different content areas and the instructional design perspective and then the facilitate professional learning perspective. So lots of different ideas and voices in this group. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Let's get into the so what about this book is inspiring us part of our discussion. So why don't we each share a few takeaways from the book and then just kind of take the conversation from there. Okay, so the first big thing, or I guess a big disclaimer, is that the book is very relevant to instructional designers who often create content in different ways than people who typically do face-to-face training. And I have just found that the biggest ideas in the book are the ones that really apply to my work. So we're talking very high level ideas Mm -hmm. from this book. So Laura, what do you have to kick us off? So completely agree with what you just said. It is rare for me to read a book um, intended for maybe a different audience and like, oh, I'm not really an instructional designer, but I'm intrigued by this idea. But big topic and the thing that caught my attention from the get go, you know, is the mention of design thinking. And uh, if you've listened to the podcast for a while or hung out with me mm-hmm. at any length of time, I have probably mentioned uh, my personal favorite design thinking and problem solving protocol, which is solve in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did an episode about it, I don't know, a couple of seasons ago. And so that was kind of my hook and connection. Ooh, I use this protocol in my trainings quite a bit. How can this book give me additional ideas to really hone that process and each of those steps? I am also a fan of design thinking and any time that I get to learn more about that, then I am a fan. So thinking about that as a human centered approach mm-hmm. to to work and learning is something that uh, really interests me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, I have to go back and do two quick shout outs to previous episodes of the podcast, because the longer we do this, I feel that everything is connected in this cool and strange Love it way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so number one, shout out to D Lanier and his design thinking protocol, of course, Solve in Time. Since that episode, he has put out a book called Demarginalizing Design, which uh, goes even deeper into the design thinking process. And so I found myself pulling out that book kind of in tandem with this one that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And so that's fun. And then even one more layer deeper in uh, pretty early on in D's book, he mentions and references one of the D school teams design model thinking pieces called liberatory design 
and it is credited to Susie Wise, uh, who wrote <laughs> one of my favorite books last year, Design for Belonging. So <laughs> uh, seeing all these kind of connections be made always makes me um, excited in a nerd out kind of way. So shout out to all these connections. I love it. And yes, we will be talking about all the things and they're going to fit in like a giant puzzle. Fit yes. <laughs> all these pieces together. Love it. Yes, absolutely. Well, thinking about all those puzzle pieces fitting together, and you mentioned kind of this this human-centered or empathy piece that stems from the heart of design thinking work. Something that I have really been thinking about as I'm reading this book is the idea of creating a learner persona uh, or a, a learning map. And so Catherine, I think you have actually already done this and put this into practice. So I want to hear what that looks like on your end. But basically the idea is as you are designing and in that planning stage, uh, you're encouraged to think about your target learner, right? So this is a, a fictional character who embodies the traits of the learner group and maybe conveys thoughts and emotions of that group to really kind of give you an image of who you were creating this training for and keeping that learner and that human piece at the forefront, which is not really something that I explicitly do and something that... Um, a cool process. Our friend Juliana, who is one of our instructional designers, introduced me to this idea on a project we were collaborating on. And we created learner personas for the project. And then we had our participants create learner personas. She has a template that she uses to really get the person in your mind. We even have mm -hmm. a name for the person. We find an image or use an actual person for that image. And reading this book made me immediately create a Google form and send it out to people that I knew personally to get input on some upcoming trainings for the fall. Okay, and okay. even though I did not do specific interviews, I really mm -hmm. crafted these questions to say like, what time of day do you prefer to have these trainings? Mm -hmm. What kind of training do you prefer? And what topics? And so using that information, I created a learner persona for this semester's work. So mm -hmm. that is a brand new practice, but I am into that, especially mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. I feel like I've really mm -hmm. lost my connection with what people need. And so this idea of just actually hearing from people who I want in my audience are my, um, my variation of these learner personas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, we talk all the time about layers of intention when we are mm -hmm. designing. And I really like the idea because I haven't put it into practice yet. But the idea of having a couple of fictional or kind of blended mm -hmm. based on all of the data you've created here this character or persona that you are thinking about and so another layer is ooh how is you know this person going to respond to this or like what about this learner as I'm designing and uh, yeah I think that's a, a really great practice so I love that you have already put that into practice and it's one that I'm continuing to think about. Mm -hmm. Well it is something that 
takes time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you are regularly on a campus and you're with teachers and students, then you have a different perspective versus we're Mm -hmm. a little bit removed from the service center. So we have to really do some reaching out to, I think, Mm -hmm. make sure that we are understanding our learners and their needs. Okay, so Laura, the big idea that I wanted to discuss is the idea in this book first of the solution does not necessarily mean a training or a Mm -hmm, workshop. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, I think this is this pandemic reframing. In 2020, when we were doing everything in the remote world, Mm -hmm. we had such creativity with our sessions. And I think And I think that was one of the best outcomes because we had short webinars and asynchronous courses and online Mm -hmm. things and book studies. And it does not necessarily mean you have a three hour or six hour face to face session or a Mm -hmm. one hour webinar. And I really feel like we're going back to the way we've always done it. And Mm -hmm. so in this book, the idea is like there are a lot of other solutions than just a typical training. So Mm -hmm. that's that's one thing that really excited me about opening up these ideas and possibilities. Yes, and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm like nodding my head vigorously Mm -hmm. here because completely agree. This is something that really resonated with me and kind of launched me into reading this book because this is in, you know, the introductory pages. Um, Thing that I am really taking to heart is just a a shift in phrasing and we're saying learning experience. So uh, a quote from the book that I really like is they say, we don't create learning. Instead, people have an experience as they learn, which is so true and makes so much sense. But there's just that small shift in phrasing, I think, is really important. And from there, uh, they also talk about how learning is a journey, but often it's treated like an event. And so that is kind of this haunting quote that I have Mm -hmm. continued to think about because particularly uh, with our role as designers of professional learning, we do plan big events and big conferences and bring groups of people together, but really kind of shift and flipping that focus to remember, oh yeah, learning is not a one and done. It's not Mm -hmm. a training. It's not an event. It's a journey. And Mm -hmm. so I think that completely tracks with your takeaway and kind of going back to the creativity out of necessity in 2020 and beyond. Mm -hmm. Well, we think of the rule that PD should not be one and done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it is a cohort based over a series of sessions or learning experiences over the semester. I guess thinking about your compassionate coaching webinar series, Mm -hmm, breaking mm -hmm. apart the chapters, I think that That's a great example of a learning journey, but how can we do more of that is Mm -hmm. is really on my mind. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think this book has a good foundation of some ideas to kind of back that up. I hear certainly myself, but I think we have these aerial view conversations like what if we did this differently or how do we transform? And I think some of the pieces and templates in this book could serve as a concrete back for, okay, let's start with with just a shift in phrasing. This is a mm-hmm. learning journey. Let's plan mm-hmm. beyond just the event uh, and the the experience of learning. Mm-hmm. So some good, good steps to mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Okay, Laura, what about something else that is exciting you about the book? 
So I don't know if it's exciting me, but I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it. So it is at the very least inspiring me to think in a different way. And so this is an idea that is not one that I currently follow. Uh, but the thinking that as we are designing and planning, we should start with metrics. So here's a thinking here. We have a quote from Will Talheimer, and he says, before you determine your learning objectives, you should determine your evaluation metrics. And the primary goal of a learning evaluation must be getting data that helps you make our most important decisions. And so I I have sat with this for a couple of weeks since mm. reading it because it never even occurred to me to, to start this way. But I think that leaning into this idea of having data to use as information to help tweak and inform the next iteration or piece of our planning piece mm -hmm. completely makes sense. And so moving beyond this idea that we should start with a learning objective, but instead start with our evaluation metrics is interesting mm -hmm. uh, and something that I'm continuing to think about. Mm -hmm. Well, thinking about past episodes and connections, we mentioned mm -hmm. Dr. Talheimer's work several seasons ago yeah, yeah. when when we discussed his learning transfer evaluation model, LTAM. Mm -hmm. And this is an idea that was introduced to me in 2020. And that was another reason I picked up the book. I mm -hmm. saw oh, Dr. Will's name. And this whole model is getting beyond things like does the audience like the presenter um, or mm -hmm. are they present the just the attendance kind of things mm -hmm. to really is this changing behaviors or beliefs and moving up that evaluation model is something that I know we've been talking about for the last couple of years and mm -hmm. is very important so um, yeah, shout out to thinking about those evaluation metrics first. Mm -hmm. So begin with the end in mind, but yeah. <laughs> with the evaluation metrics. Yeah. Uh, one more quote from that section is, everything depends on you being able to monitor effectiveness and improve learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true and something that I uh, am really considering shifting in my own design process. Okay, excellent. Laura, I think we also have a few, just kind of some small things mm -hmm. that we've picked up from the book. So what would you like to share about a a smaller piece rather than these big ideas. Sure, sure. So I often get hung up on phrasing or just a, a, a quick shift in language to also shift thinking. And so something that I picked up on from, again, one of the opening chapters is this idea of thinking about things through the lens of it being magical versus miserable. Mm. And so this is a concept that comes from the product design world or customer experience mapping. The book says at various steps of the journey, there are opportunities to create magical moments and circumvent miserable ones. Mm -hmm. And I just really liked this phrasing and thinking about, oh, yeah, I want the things that I design and that I'm a part of to be magical uh, and then be aware of those things that are miserable to get away from them. And in our internal book study for our kickoff launch meeting, you and 
Shout out again, Juliana and Misty, who were planning it, really used these words magical and miserable Mm -hmm. and invited us to think about experiences that we have had that were magical and miserable. And so I just like those phrases and uh, that's just a small, small, tiny takeaway that I've continued to think about. That is a great reflection prompt. And Mm -hmm. I think it also helps us just sort of like, oh, that meeting left me feeling miserable because Mm why? Mm -hmm. And so I will not do those things in my own (laughs) work. True, true. Uh, What about you? Do you have any smaller takeaways or things that are resonating with you? This book is filled with templates and Mm -hmm. small tools. And some of the things they offer are from the Stanford D School with Mm -hmm. um, design thinking protocols. But there is, for instance, one sentence stem that I love. And it is blank a stakeholder needs a way to do something and we think this initiative can be part of the solution Mm. and thinking about okay someone's called me and they need help with classroom management they think a training is part of the solution Mm. and then it provides some prompts for thinking about well what if this what if that how might we sorts of questions to really dig in is this the actual problem and is this the actual solution. So just that one sentence stem is something that I've loved. Mm -hmm. And then they also have templates. And that's how I even got excited about the book when Misty and I were using one of their templates. And some other tools that I think that will be perfect for webinar breakout rooms. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these small kind of instructional moves are things that I'm taking away from the ideas in the book. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love a template. I love an exemplar. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that section of the book is very much highlighted and dog-eared on my end <laughs> as well. So excellent, excellent share. Okay. Is there anything else that we haven't chatted about that we want to as we draw our conversation to a close? Well, Laura, since you mentioned our little book club meetings, Mm -hmm. I have used for several years this really interesting game called The Extraordinaires. And Mm -hmm. it is a little activity to teach the design thinking process. And it has these fantastical cards of a wizard or a mermaid or a fairy Mm -hmm. or a pirate, and they are very artfully created. And so we've used Mm -hmm. these cards a couple of times to think about learner personas and what does this wizard need for a training and how could we create something besides a three-hour face-to-face training for a wizard and and so mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. this game has been an interesting layer to add to practicing creating these personas and thinking about mm-hmm. other types of design solutions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say as a member of mm-hmm. the book club, I was not necessarily expecting to receive a card of a wizard and design <laughs> a learning profile for that wizard. But I will say it, it was really great. And I think it 
made that one of my talking points today of something that I'm really thinking about it because I went through the process of doing it to design a training for a cool wizard. So mm -hmm. uh, shout out to the extraordinaires and I love seeing you incorporate those in so many ways related to the design thinking process. <laughs> All right, Laura, what about you? Anything else to share? So since we're thinking about book club, I want to give a shout out to you to share a tool that we are using called Fig Jam. And you might be talking about it on a later episode of the podcast, so I don't want to speak at length about it. However, it's this uh, interactive jam board-like, I don't know, structure <laughs> to share ideas and posts. And so you created a Fig Jam for our book club takeaways and I now think about Fig Jam with this book like they're connected ideas now and so prepping for the podcast today I pulled up our shared Fig Jam of all of our takeaways and thinking while reading the book so very cool tool and a cool way to curate the conversations that we're having and takeaways while reading. I am thrilled to hear that you actually pulled the fig jam back I up. I did, I did. <laughs> I am facilitating another book study and they are not using the fig jam that I created. Ew. But um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that will be a quick win discussion about this tool. Mm -hmm. But it, mm -hmm. it is a great curation tool and to have some asynchronous conversations. Mm -hmm. So, well, thanks for bringing that up. Of course, of course. <laughs> And as you know, we like to use each of our episodes as a place to launch further thinking, as well as challenge each other to apply what we share as we consider now what. So uh, now what? I know we both really benefit from this part of the podcast. So what are some of our next steps from here? Catherine, do you want to go first to share how you might incorporate ideas from design thinking for training and development into your work? The first thing, going back to this understanding the learner personas, I am really trying to prioritize events and meetups where I can keep in touch with my target audience, mm -hmm. which are the coaches and those who design professional learning. And that means Coffee EDU, which I already love and would mm -hmm. probably attend anyway, our North Texas ITS group, our Learning Forward North Texas group, all of these people are the ones who I want to design learning for and just hearing those conversations and being part of those groups in another training helps me, I think, get a grasp on mm -hmm. what's happening in their worlds. So that is, is one thing, just making sure I can meet the learners where they are and hear about their challenges and successes. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is I am in the process of creating a learning journey that's purposeful PD mm. and thinking about some solutions other than one hour webinars and three hour sessions. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that. But it is all about learning journeys. With Very cool. Designing PD. Awesome. So what about you, Laura? Well, first of all, I am not you and I did not download a sample and then immediately read it. So I am only <laughs> reading the sections that our book club is covering. So my, my first now one is to continue reading the book okay. and participating in a book club Fair. conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I, I really do want to think about designing with metrics in mind or even first, like they describe in the book. So that is something that um, I'm still really thinking about 
about. So I, I think I might want to do that as I'm planning some new things for the upcoming weeks. And then really kind of echoing you, your statement of just really shifting forever in my mind the idea of learning is not an event but is an experience or a journey. Mm -hmm. So always what's next, what's the next thing to connect others and their learning and not just produce one big cool learning event and then close the door and mm -hmm. build a new one. And so really, really kind of making that shift to learning is a journey. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. I agree with both of those as well. We'd also like to extend the invitation to you, dear listener, to share your ongoing story of learning as well. Take a moment to pause and think wherever you're listening from and consider what ideas have you heard today that have sparked your interest and inspired further learning about design thinking for training and development. You may also find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio to continue the conversation and share your own learning that's inspiring you this week. This season, we're dedicated to sharing our learning and the things that are inspiring us. We hope that when we share, the conversation and ideas will cultivate curiosity and inspire you to explore one of the resources, reflect on a question we've asked, or continue the conversation with us online. Reflect to consider the what, so what, and now what of your thinking. Share your learning inspirations and ideas from this episode and beyond. We are, as ever, inspired to learn from Gail Allen and her work in the new pillars of modern teaching. She reminds us that when we share, we add a sentence to the story we communicate about ourselves to the world. Let's continue learning, sharing, and transforming. Let's get inspired.